Welcome into the week 14. We're heading into, well, we're we're playing week 14 right now. We're going into week 15. Hopefully you won your first round of playoff matches that, you know, probably occurred this week in most leagues. So uh, we're looking at guys that you can pick up for round two of the playoffs. Bets, did did you win any first rounders this, this week? I did. I won a couple, and unfortunately, I ran into a couple of buzzsaws. I played a team that had not only George Kittle, but also Derrick Henry. So that was uh, that was quite ugly <laughs> I, uh, to play against. But I, I had did the... win a couple. I got a couple of first-round buys, so we're looking good. Yeah, I'm going through in a couple. Um, if you've been following me on Twitter, I'm sweating a Kyle Rudolph outing. He yes, currently has five yards, and <laughs> he only has seven yards of leeway left uh, that he can get, and I'll still win. So... It's it's stressful, but uh, making it through in a couple places. I think I'm advancing in Scott Fishwell, but that's going to be awesome as well. But let's talk about some guys, huh? Let's let's talk about guys that I think this week we should kind of maybe more lean on potential starters. I mean, it's kind of hard to pick up guys for stashing at this rate. You're either playing them this week to try and win, or you're done. So um, I think that's probably a good concept. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, at this point, you know, we're going into week 15. Like you said, most leagues finish in week 16. And so if, if that's the case, obviously it's, it's this week or next week. So they're, like you said, there's no stashing. This is, if you're picking them up, you're probably going to play them. Yeah. So let's go ahead and start off with the quarterback position. As far as guys who are probably available in at least some leagues and guys you can start this week, I think there's only really a couple that I like a lot. Uh, first is Dak Prescott, who I think has just turned the corner with the addition of Amari Cooper. Uh, we talked about him recently on the podcast. I've been a big fan of his lately. Uh, he's got a lot of rushing yards going on, and he's got a decent matchup this next week. He's going to be playing against the uh, – I just had it here. He's playing the against Colts. the Colts. Yeah, so it's probably going to be a, a high-scoring game, and uh, I could see that being a good outing for Dak. So I'd probably be interested in him if I, for some reason, needed a quarterback in Week 15. Yeah, absolutely. If you've somehow still made it this far into week 15 with streaming the quarterback, yeah, uh, which is probably less likely than, than anything, you probably got a surefire locked-in starter. Uh, but if not, uh, maybe you took Okada's advice and played Josh Allen last week and you needed someone else to roll out in week 15. Um, I would definitely be interested in playing Dak. He's been absolutely fantastic since the team acquired Amari Cooper, and that has just done wonders for that offense. So, yeah, uh, I like it a lot. And like you said, the matchup is great against the Colts. Yeah, and then another quarterback who I think has a decent, you know, streaming, I guess I would call it, uh, potential here is is Derek Carr, who just threw for 322 yards and two touchdowns. He gets to play the Bengals this next week. Uh, he looked kind of good, to be perfectly honest. I love how you say that. Very surprised. <laughs> well, I mean, for the most of the season, <laughs> most of the season's been a little rough for Mr. Carr, so it's nice Fair to enough. see a good outing for him. It has, it has definitely. Uh, personally for me, I'm going to stay away. It's a fantastic matchup, but unless it's a two quarterback or a super flex type of format, uh, I'm definitely not going to rely on Derek Carr in the semifinals of my matchup, especially, uh, you know, given that it's so late in the season, I, I just don't want to rely on Carr. But if you need to start, start someone two quarterback league, the matchup cannot get better when they play the Bengals next week. So yeah, I like it. All right, let's move on to some more interesting positions here. There wasn't any big name quarterbacks, uh, out there really, but, uh, in the running back, I feel like there's a few names that are semi-intriguing. First up, the, my, probably my favorite of the week, is Elijah McGuire, uh, Jets running back. Uh, Isaiah Crowell got injured, and actually, uh, did you track what the injury was on him? 
Yeah, so he was on the injury report all week with a toe injury and then was listed as questionable Friday heading into the weekend. He obviously was active. Uh, I mean, he aggravated that toe injury. So this is a, an A.J. Green type of situation, maybe not quite as severe on the injury scale, but a turf toe type of injury. Uh, and so I definitely expect him to miss next week, and I would be uh, shocked, actually, if he played given the aggravation. So uh, this looks like it's going to be Elijah Maguire's backfield here with Trenton Cannon coming in to spell him. But for the most part, it's going to be Maguire uh, getting the majority of the work there. Yeah, I was going to say, I was pulling it up right now, but I believe Trent Cannon actually did get a touchdown in this game. But uh, yeah, most, most of the work went to Elijah Maguire. Uh, he had 17 rushing attempts for 60 yards and a touchdown himself. He had three receptions for 23 yards. Uh, he's used in all phases of the game. So I, I'm, I'm a fan, and the Jets' offense is not really illustrious by any means, but... Uh, if you're getting that kind of production, that's startable week 15 for me. Yeah, definitely startable. Uh, one defense that we've kind of been touting on the pod as being you know, a, a good rush defense against opposing running backs is the Houston Texans, and that's who he gets next week. So definitely yeah. temper expectations, more of a flex play for me if you need one. I mean, I have him in Scott Fishbowl, and I almost played him this week, so I'm, I might consider it next week. We'll, we'll see how it, things shake out with the roster, but... Uh, I definitely have him in a few spots. So, but I'm intrigued by him. I, I've liked him. I've, I've talked about him a few times this year. So I like his talent, and I think he's got good potential for next year too. So if you're in any kind of keeper league, I'd actually recommend getting him uh, either way because he could have some kind of mystique as far as a, a sleeper option there for if you get him Ooh, out of mystique. value. He's got some mystique, you know. Mystique, I like it. <laughs> um, up next, I guess let's talk about Ito Smith. Uh, Tevin Coleman's been bad, and Ito Smith rushed six. Or excuse me, four sixty yards on eleven rushing attempts. Caught three targets for fourteen yards. Look, it's not pretty, but I think he's better than Tevin Coleman is. To be perfectly honest, and uh, this is another kind of interesting keeper scenario because Tevin Coleman's an impending free agent. Uh, Devonta Freeman he has he has a contract, but he has. He has had a problem staying healthy, so uh, getting that secondary running back of the Falcons could be could be interesting. Yeah, absolutely, and this is not something that you know is just kind of out of nowhere um, bringing him up. Edo Smith actually got more rush attempts in this game yeah. than Tevin Coleman did, and like you said, Coleman has just absolutely you know fallen flat on his face with the opportunity he's gotten here uh i think he's actually lost himself some money in free agency with his performance this year uh which is which is tough to watch uh but yeah i mean i definitely agree from a keeper perspective edo smith is going to be a guy we're talking about come draft season uh next august not not to mention they play against the cardinals who i believe are bottom two in rush defense this season so they're not good uh again desperation play if you've made it to week 15 and you have to start edo smith i'd be shocked but there's deep leagues out there. Congratulations if you, know, you did actually do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe someone in our 16-team league will be our starting Edo Smith this next week. We'll see. But uh, uh, certainly interesting to some degree and some keeper potential there. Let's bring up again Jeff Wilson. I think merely bringing him up as uh, if he's still available, which he shouldn't be, uh, go get him. He rushed 23 times for 90 yards. He had two targets, uh, one reception for six yards. I mean, he's the lead running back in a Shanahan offense, and we don't know if Breed is going to be back to play. I don't know. How do you feel about Breed's ankle? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the real concern is that ankle injury. Breed is always a guy that pushes to play, so I would not be surprised to see this come down to the wire. But um, this is a scenario where they know what they've gotten Breed, and they you know he's proved 
he's going to be on the team next year and be effective um, when he's on the field. So this could be a situation where they say, okay, you know, what do we have in Jeff Wilson? And maybe we just ride him out for the rest of the year because mm-hmm. obviously they're not playing for the, you know, the postseason at all. So uh, if you can get a starting running back that gets more than 20 touches off the waivers, you know, while you're heading into the semifinals of your, your championship um, tournament here, I would be spending all my fab to go get him uh, just to see what happens. So like you said, the workload is going to be there. Uh, and if I have Wilson, I will probably be starting him in some semifinal matchups. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on over to uh, Kenneth Dixon. I think he's one of the more, uh, gosh, I don't think again, I don't think you play him, but he's he's got that intrigue where he could somehow become not a lead running back, but a, a startable running back in this Ravens offense. He he had, he rushed eight times for fifty nine yards and a touchdown. He looked good. The coaching staff came out and said he's going to have more work going forward. You know, take that for what you will. Obviously. Uh, we don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to be starting. Joe Flacco is going to be starting. Uh, there's a lot of question marks here, but again, if if you're truly like deciding between scraps at running back, Kenneth Dixon is someone who I think at least has an outside shot of getting 10 to 12 touches next week. Yeah, you could definitely do worse this week than, than Kenneth Dixon. Um, and actually, like you said, he looked really good. And there was a couple of times where I kind of just glanced away from the TV and looked back and I thought it was Gus Edwards. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Kenneth Dixon. Yeah, uh, he's looking really good. So uh, it might have taken a while, but he's finally coming into his own here. And if he's going to get more work moving forward, you know, you, you have to like that. I will say this whole scenario and this whole situation for me though makes me so nervous for the Sketchy. Ravens given what you said yeah. we don't know what's going on with Lamar Jackson he has an ankle injury um Joe Flacco finally practiced in full last week but was inactive for the game so there's going to be a situation where we don't know who's starting a quarterback we don't know who's going to get the touches at running back um and it's for me probably more of a hands-off situation given that kind of you know uncertainty but absolutely you could do worse than Kenneth Dixon and again, they're playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week, who are also very bad against the rushing attack. So, you know, deeper leagues, it's to take a look. I mean, Scott Fishbowl, uh, there's a couple of uh, 16 team leagues, and I have deep leagues that he's intriguing. So, someone worth bringing up at least. I probably wouldn't spend a lot. You know, guys, guys we talked about so far, I'd probably this week spend all of my remaining fab on would be Elijah McGuire and Jeff Wilson. And also Jalen Samuels, if he's available, I would still spend every every penny I have left to get him, uh, but not to get Penny. So just to <laughs> clarify that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought of that one on the fly. He's playing right now. He actually had that. Did you see that run where he started on the left sideline and turned it back around and went like it was like they said it was like 73 total yards, but it was like mostly lateral for a 17 yard gain. Dude, Nuts. he's looked good, man. Those he's looked pretty weeks. good. I don't care what anyone says. He's good at football. He, he looks good. good. You just can't trust his volume. Um, no, absolutely not. So that's that's my biggest issue with him. But he does look good. I think he has stash potential as well for next season keeper potential. Yeah, so absolutely. if you can get a value, uh, go grab him. Let's see who else. Uh, Damian Williams. Maybe you want to chime in on Damian Williams here. I I think he's meh. I mean, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Damian Williams fan from his talent perspective but we are going into the semifinals and people that lost cream hunt might have grabbed spencer Ware, and now you might be without spencer Ware. so he is more of a thrust into rb2 workload type of player for me because of the fact that spencer Ware 
is dealing with not one but two injuries and the team plays on thursday night football so yeah you know by the time you're listening to this it's tuesday um and where's got two days to get ready for the game he's dealing currently with uh, a right shoulder injury that kept him out for just a series or two and then he came back in after halftime so that's not a huge concern for me but he did aggravate his hamstring uh late in the game and so you know Obviously, this year has taught us one thing from an injury perspective. You can never trust players coming back from a hamstring injury. So I put this on here because I feel like it needs to be mentioned. If there's more details that come out that wears iffy for Thursday Night Football, I think Damian Williams becomes another player that you spend all of your fab on to go get and you yeah. can start him as a flex. I can agree with that. We'll probably get a little bit more news considering it is a Thursday night game uh, by waiver clear period. So uh, keep, keep an ear out to the waiver wire for that one and uh, see what you can hear. Let's chat about a couple of wide receivers here real quick. Uh, who let, let's let's go this way. Who is the biggest intrigue as far as wide receiver for week 15 that you think is startable on this list? Well, I would say for week 15 I was going to say, you know, first thought that came to mind, I was going to say uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Chris Godwin and Adam Humphries, but they get mm-hmm. the Baltimore Ravens next week and that is not a good mm-hmm. matchup. I don't know if anyone uh, saw the struggles that the Chiefs had for a bit against them. So I would say not them. I would probably honestly go with Curtis Samuel. That's what I was going to say. Of, talked a lot about the matchups here for Cam Newton, who is definitely playing at less than 100%, but uh, Curtis Samuel is getting it done. Next week, they have a great matchup. They get to play uh, the Saints, and yep. so I do think that has shootout potential. So I would say Curtis Samuel is my top choice. Yeah, I can agree with that. And um, I, I probably wouldn't spend all of my fab. You know, hopefully you can save enough to have a running back pickup if you win this week and you have a week uh, 16 matchup you're looking to get. Maybe there's another injury. you got to save a couple bucks. So I'd probably go about half of what I have left to get Samuel if you truly need, like, a flex uh, spot start. Uh, say you got injuries or something. I would flex Samuel this week in almost all formats. So Yeah, and I, I myself will definitely be starting him in a couple of leagues that I picked him up last week. I didn't play him because I was waiting to see sort of what would shake out there with him, and he's done it two weeks in a row, uh, and he's looked good doing it. So I definitely think he's he's worth the roster spot. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Dante Pettis. I think he's probably the second one on this list for me. Actually, mm, no, I'm going to change my mind on that. But I do like Dante Pettis going forward. I think the biggest thing that I liked this week was the fact that Marquise Goodwin came back to play from his personal issue, uh, and Dante Pettis was not – hampered really in any way he still got seven targets he only caught three for 49 yards but he did get that touchdown uh he has been developing rapport with Nick Mullins you know two young guys playing together so they're playing against the Seahawks who are like mediocre to bad like somewhere in that middle range as far as against the pass so uh doesn't look that way with Kirk Cousins tonight but let's hope that changes in the second half but anyway I like Dante Pettis pick it up man I think Dante has some some upside for the remainder of this season. Yeah, the reason he only caught three catches is because George Kittle was freaking amazing and mm, was catching yeah. everything oh my out God. there. But in all seriousness, I, I do like Pettis a lot. Three straight weeks with a receiving touchdown um, and a decent matchup this coming week. So I'm absolutely comfortable uh, with him in my flex this week. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, Kittle is the man. I just want to say that. All right, and then two other kind of intriguing names here. John Ross, uh, again, another touchdown. Another week without A.J. Green, another touchdown. Um, Is there really anything else to say? I mean, he's not getting a ton of volume, and Driscoll's still the starting quarterback. So 
you're not going to get a good PPR floor or anything from him. But, hey, if you're looking for one touchdown, he can get you that one touchdown. That's all I can get you, one touchdown and probably two catches. Um, Yeah, it's like you said, it's just so tough to trust him with the volume. I find it very difficult to see myself in any scenario where I actually click the submit lineup button with him in my lineup. Uh, But, hey, crazy things have happened and people are desperate. So if you absolutely need someone to throw in as a flex and you got a deep league, yeah, you could do much worse than John Ross. Yeah, completely agree. And then last up on this list, let's talk about Kenny Stills. Um, He's been kind of quiet this season until these last two weeks. And you know what happened? Do you remember what happened? I don't know if you heard this story. He became a squeaky wheel. And uh, what (laughs) what happens to squeaky wheels? They always get that grease. They get the grease. So uh, this last week he had nine targets, eight receptions for 135 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the week before that was six uh, targets, four receptions for 37 yards and a touchdown, and a, and a handful of rushing attempts too. Uh, you know, based on this whole season, he's gotten like five and less targets, and now out of nowhere he's got uh, 15 in two games. So Tannehill's back. Tannehill looks good. He's actually been a fairly underrated quarterback this this season when he's been healthy. Uh, because of that injury, I think people forget uh, forget about him. So Kenny Stills, uh, interesting possibility down the stretch here, although he gets Minnesota next week. Yeah, and he's a player that I, I always just find so hard to trust. If you need a boom out of your flex and you're projected to lose by a bunch of your opponent, I think he's the type of guy I'd play because he offers such high upside and he can catch a, a deep ball and take it to the house. So if you're hoping for that and you need a prayer, sure, throw him in your in your flex spot. Um, but looking ahead, even if you win with him this week, I can't play him next week. He's playing against the Jaguars. So Ooh. two terrible matchups to end the year. That's a good point. Um, so for me, probably more hands off, but I can de- definitely see a scenario where people are using Kenny Steele's if they need to. Yeah, maybe let him kind of slide through. Someone else will spend some fab on him, seeing that stat line and chase the points, uh, and they'll probably get a maybe a stinker next week. But uh, interesting to see him, yeah. Interesting to see him <laughs> pop up here at the end of the season, but uh, two bad matchups might throw the kibosh on it. So, uh, as far as tight ends, uh, got first of all, get rid of the tight end spot. I'm done. I'm done with tight ends. We're talking about Ian Thomas in week 15. I, I'm done. Honestly, I mean, he got nine. Was it nine receptions for 77 yards on 11 targets? That's good. Uh, is he going to do that next game? We have no clue. Could be one catch. I don't it could know. Legitimately, be yeah, one honestly catch for four yards. <laughs> um, it's hard to find tight ends who get consistent usage. But if there's any guy who's going to do it for the remainder of the year, maybe like a Chris Herndon, maybe. But Ian Thomas is probably the best of the bunch. And if again, if you're streaming a tight end going into Week 15, more power to you. You're probably going to lose. I'm sorry, I just have to say that. Um, you're going to get beat by a Kittle, a Ertz, a, a Kelsey owner. You know, they're, they're the teams that are advancing right now. So uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, everyone should feel very confident after hearing Ken say that. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe just, just don't pick up a tight end this week. Yeah, maybe just play no one. You'll, you'll, you'll be better off. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Ian Thomas, we just talked about the matchup here for, for Curtis Samuel. You know, it gets the Saints, so it, it does have that shootout potential. Historically, we know Cam Newton uses the tight end position, so um, like you said, at this point, you probably have other, you know, better options, but who knows? Maybe you don't. Maybe you've just gotten lucky all the way through. So if you need someone, I am comfortable. I shouldn't say comfortable. I am willing <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. throw Ian Thomas yeah. in my lineup if I have to. Uh, another quick alternate I just thought of would probably be C.J. 
Uzama playing against the Raiders, who are the worst against the tight end position this next week. Uh, that'd be that'd be last chance dance for me. So I don't know how you yeah. you feel about him, but yeah, uh, I think at this point, you know, it's if you don't have those those big three or those big four, whatever it is now, you know, yeah. with the top names. This is what you're doing. You're looking at volume <laughs> pretty much. So uh, if you win your your semifinal matchup with either CJ Uzoma or uh, Ian Thomas, you got to tweet that at us. Out of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, honestly, that's it. We kind of focused on guys who are going to be mostly startable. A couple of kind of keeper speculation guys there. Ooh, Kyle Rudolph update. He just caught a pass for two yards. Oh, five yards to go. Oh, five yards leeway remaining. I am sweating. Okay. I'm gonna go do this on my own and bug my wife. Um, I have no no uh, players left in these games for my matchups, so I'm gonna be pulling for the defense against. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Waiver Wire Show. Go out there and get them this week. And uh, hey, Week 15 playoffs—it's important. Find those guys and uh, get them in the lineup. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on Wednesday once again. We are the Red Shirts.